Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of How Not to Suck. At the Stocks, this is your host, Dan Hansen, and as per usual, I got two disclaimers for you. Ooh, and a burp. Two disclaimers and a burp. Uh, the first disclaimer is this, uh, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, do not confuse this with actual, actionable financial advice. Uh, disclaimer number two is this podcast is extremely not safe for work, so please hide the kids, shoot the wife, it's time to begin. If this is your first ever time listening to How Not to Suck at the Stocks, then oh boy, you're in for a treat. This is the best episode of all time. Here we go. This episode is on the CFA Curriculum's 2018 Level 3, Volume 2, Reading 6, Page 50, The Behavioral Biases of Individuals. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, hey, Dan, I'm not a level three candidate in the CFA program. What the fuck do I care? Well, first off, watch your language. This is a family show. Second off, you should care because um, th this affects your entire life. This is psychology. This affects every interaction you're ever going to have with uh, another human being. And you're going to start to notice that companies use this shit all the time um, in their marketing, especially. They, they prey upon these biases like uh, like vermin. So here we go. There's two different types. You have cognitive errors and emotional biases. If you understand what cognitive means, you'll understand that means a, a mental error. And emotional bias, that's a bias of the heart. So a cognitive error, that can be like, you got your facts wrong. Okay? It's pretty much as simple as that. Uh, an emotional bias is you're letting things like fear get in the way of coming to a rational conclusion. So let's start off with cognitive errors, because that's the order in which they're presented in the book. Uh, belief preservation biases. Uh, there's a psychological concept, cognitive dissonance. I'm going to start reading from the book right now. Cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort that occurs when new information conflicts with previously held beliefs or cognitions. Basically, people don't like to be told they're wrong. Uh, to resolve this dissonance, people may notice only information of interest, selective exposure, ignore or modify information that conflicts with existing condition, cognitions, selective perception, or remember and consider only information that confirms existing cognitions, selective retention. So let's, uh, let's just dive into the first one, confirmation, sorry, conservatism bias. So this is one where people just uh, put a lower weight on new information. Okay, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, information they've had for a long time gets a high weight. New information gets a low weight. Conservatism. Bias. Let's see. Uh, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is where people only seek out information that they already agree with. And they just ignore information that disagrees with them. They ignore opposing viewpoints. You see this. All the time. All the time. In, in politics especially. You could have an article and two people of opposing viewpoints read that same article and they both walk away from the article thinking the article agreed with them. Um, and it's simple. People like to think they're right and people hate to be told they're wrong. Confirmation bias. In fact, studies have shown... I don't know what studies, but let's just say studies have shown that if you provide information to someone that they're wrong, they're actually, they actually become more emboldened. They actually gain confidence 
that they're right, even though you showed them facts that uh, contradict their opinion. That's how strong confirmation bias is. Next up is, in case you haven't noticed, I'm just going to go through all these really quick. I'm not going to spend an hour on this. I'm going to try to blow through this. Uh, Representativeness bias. Um, That's basically when people are showing new information, they try to categorize it um, through stuff they're already familiar with. So uh, if you see lacrosse, you're probably going to liken it to... Uh, basketball, or not basketball, what am I fucking retard? Uh, you're going to liken it to, uh, like, I don't know, football or something. Or if you see a sci-fi movie, you might compare it to Star Wars. So that's that's representativeness bias. Um, in the same vein, you have base rate neglect. And this is basically using stereotypes. Um, so let's say you meet a girl, let's call her Becky, and she's got tattoos, and she smokes, and uh, she's a hairstylist. Well, chances are you've met women like Becky before, so you just start to fill in the blanks. And that's what that's what these biases are all about. They're about preserving your self-confidence, and they're about filling in the blanks. You, you're, you're an imperfect being, which is an uncomfortable thought, so they tend to cover that up. And you have imperfect information, which again is uncomfortable, so it fills in the blanks. Uh, so, you know, these are stereotypes, base, base rate neglect. Next up is in a similar vein. Sample size neglect. So this, you take a small sample size and extrapolate it over um, the entire population. So you know that's, that's racism or uh, people's perception of celebrities, right? So people will see celebrities on TV and they go, oh my God, that person's so funny. Okay, well, everything that person just said was scripted. Okay, like the entire conversation on, with Jimmy Fallon was scripted by a team of writers. That is not actually how that celebrity behaves. But their sample size is just them with the best makeup and the best lighting and this interview, et cetera, et cetera. So sample size neglect is to neglect uh, the dangers of extrapolating on small sample size. Like back in I think 2008, I extra- was it 2007? I extrapolated the four games Devin Hester had as a wide receiver and what that could mean over a whole season. And anyone who follows football knows how well that turned out. It didn't turn out well. All right, next up, illusion of control biases. Uh, so this is like when an asshole blows on the dice before he rolls and craps. It has nothing to do with it, but it's an illusion of control. It's basically superstitions. So we're in the same jockstrap before a game. Uh, if you're a fan being like, oh, I, they've won the last five games I've worn this jersey. I got to wear this jersey. That's an illusion of control. Or being like, damn, Becky, get out of the room. Every time you walk in the room, they score a touchdown. Like That's an illusion of control. Hindsight bias. So like after a crisis, like after the housing crisis, everyone was like, oh, I saw that one coming. It's like, no, you very much didn't. Get out of here. So if you saw it coming, you would have sold your house for a king's ransom. You'd have lived in an apartment for a few years and then bought it back at a huge discount. But you didn't because you didn't see it coming. And they cite a study here where basically they ask people questions and then they give people the right answers and people will incorrectly believe they had given the right answer. And they're surprised to find um, that they had given the wrong answer. So, um, and they, they, I didn't highlight it, but it has to do with the way the memory works where it fills in the gaps. Your brain can't remember everything. So it fills in the gaps and it's going to have a positive slant to preserve uh, your self-esteem. So uh, let's see. And it's, it's a lot like how 
your computer compresses an image. So a computer doesn't want to save the information for every single pixel in an image, so it uses compression technology, which only saves a majority of those pixels, and then it figures out what the rest of those pixels will be based on the ones that are next to it. I'm probably not explaining it the best, but that's how compression works. And that's why a high uh, file size image will be more detailed than a low-res piece of shit. That low-res piece of shit is just guessing left and right, and that's why it looks like uh, crap. So that's, that's how your memory works. Your memory has to compress the past to fit it into your human brain. And so errors occur, and those errors have a self, uh, self-esteem self bent, a self-galvanizing bent. Is galvanizing a word? It's not like when you put metal on something. Anyway, we're going to go with it. Next up, information processing biases, uh, anchoring and adjustment biases. So um, the first person to throw out a number in a negotiation is going to anchor the negotiation. So if you're going to, you know, like negotiate your salary, highball them, you know, and that'll that'll anchor everything high. So like, yeah, with a negotiation, this is just a negotiation tip real quick. So let's say there's a car you want to buy for 15 grand, okay, and they're selling it for 20,000. That might be a pretty big spread. You're probably not going to get them down that much, but let's just say, for the sake of example. So it's you want to get it for 15 grand, they're selling it for 20,000. Throw out 10,000. Okay? Because what's going to happen, especially if you're dealing with Americans, is you'll split the difference. So if they're at 20 and you're at 10, you'll end up in the middle at 15. Again, it's not the best example. It's pretty hard to get someone like 25% off their asking price on a car, but anyway, just an example. Oh, and anchoring, uh, they can prove this. Uh, they've done studies where, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, where like the last college kids, hey, what's your phone number? And number two, how many lawyers are in New York? And the answer to the first question will influence the answer of the second question, which is, of course, ridiculous. Your phone number has nothing to do with how many lawyers are in New York, but that is the, the power of anchoring. Next up, how am I doing on time? Uh, I'm probably okay. Uh, next up, mental accounting. This is when you put your money into buckets. So I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm probably guilty of all these, but I'm definitely guilty of this. So, pardon me. I have money that I have in the market, and I don't want to. I don't want to sell anything to spend. That's the oh, that would kill me. I would never want to do that. Then I have money uh, saved up to live on for the next year. I don't want to spend that because I want to. I want to live for the next year. And then I have just walking around money. And I can spend out of that, but ideally, I'd want to put it in the market. But if I blow it on a dinner or something, it's not the end of the world. And they would call that mental accounting, which I don't really see a problem with. I mean, I, I, like if you have money set aside for your mortgage and money set aside to go to the movies and you end up buying like a video game, isn't it better if the money came out of like your dining budget or the movie budget rather than your mortgage payment? I don't know. And I, I guess the, re- the salient point from the reading is that um, uh, let's say you had different investment goals like uh, retiring, uh, a down payment on a car, and your kid's college education fund. Well, you don't want to think of those as three separate things. You want to think of it as a, like in a, in a larger picture. It's like that's I think that's the salient point they're trying to get across. Next up is framing bias. So I, I mentioned before uh, how they use this in marketing, and I I. I I sarcastically did this at the beginning of the show, and I call this the best show ever. That was just me trying to frame it as 
as, as greater than it actually is. So I had, a, I had a date recently, and the girl started off by saying, I'm really shy, and I'm terrible at telling stories, but and it's like, okay, 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 back up. Let First off, let other people decide whether or not they like you or not. You don't have to tell them not to like you. And two, um, don't start off a story or a joke or a song or anything by saying, this is going to suck. That's not how marketing does it, right? Businesses don't say, Coca-Cola, you're probably not going to like it, but hey, why not try it? No, they show people on top of a Ferris wheel kissing, and they show people at the movies kissing, and they show, you know, people having fun. That's the idea. So if anything, start your story by saying, hey, this story is so funny. Where do you hear it? That builds excitement rather than, and, or just don't say anything at all. Anything is better than saying, hey, this story is going to suck. So that's the framing bias. People are susceptible to it. So you can exploit it. Let's see. Availability bias. So people are more likely to take information from a raving lunatic on TV like James Kramer than they are from the 10K. Because Jim Cramer is readily available, he's just there screaming in your face on CNBC, and the 10K is long, and it's dry, and it's boring. That's your availability uh, bias. And whenever I insult Jim Cramer, I always get people telling me, well, this guy's really rich and really successful, and like, fuck you. Well, here's the thing. That's all true. I'm not saying he isn't smart. I'm just saying his job is to entertain you. Okay, he isn't your hedge fund manager. His job is to have a variety show on cable television with sound effects, for Christ's sake. He is not to be taken seriously. So, in any case. Um, Yeah, I mean, because if he actually gave sound financial advice, it'd be very boring. Like, listen to Warren Buffett. Uh, I don't think Warren Buffett's boring, but listen to him talk. He gives the same lecture everywhere he goes for the last 30 years. That wouldn't make for a very good TV show on CNBC, would it? Airing five days a week. So instead, they have to get some asshole who, you know, hyperventilates every time the market goes down 4%. But anyway, moving on along. Uh, Retrievability. So I guess they did a study where uh, they listed a bunch of names. And then they asked if uh, the list had more men or women. Well, the truth was the list actually contained more women. But the list contained more uh, famous men. So people thought the list had more men because it was easier to retrieve the names of the famous men than it was for the multitudes of women, the binders of women. And again, that's marketing. That's why you have celebrities advertising to you instead of random assholes. Well, I guess they do have both, but they, they pay more for the celebrity. It's more effective. Uh, categorization. So if you were to ask an American to list the name of baseball players and a list of soccer players, they might come to the conclusion that there's more famous baseball players, which is, of course, wrong. If you were to ask me, I'd say, well, there's Babe Ruth, and there's Mark Grace, and there's Ryan Sandberg, and there's some human being named uh, Rizzo, I suppose. And soccer, I'd be like, uh, uh, Beckham? Like, is it? Yeah, Beckham. So I might naively assume there's more baseball players than soccer players, but I'd be wrong. It's because I'm an American, and soccer don't play well over here, across the pond, as they say. Let's see, next up, narrow range of experience. That was my nickname in college. So this is, uh, you know, like before an election, people that are liberal will always think the, lib- the Democrats going to win. People who are conservative always think the Republicans going to win. And the reason why is, well, a lot of these biases are in effect, 
but they're surrounding themselves with other liberals. That's like in their echo chamber or other conservatives in their echo chamber. You know, that's the most. So like if you're a journalist, oh my God, everyone I know voted for uh, Hillary. How did Trump win? It's like, well, because you're a fucking journalist in LA. Like, what'd you expect? So anyway, moving on. Resonance. Uh, for example, jazz musicians are likely to overestimate how many people listen to jazz. Yes, they are. Um, so, yeah, people often biased by how closely a situation parallels their own personal situation. Uh, now we're on to emotional biases. I feel like that took... Oh, this is going to be a long podcast. Hmm. Well, thanks to the two of you who are still listening. I really appreciate it. I'm kidding. There's at least 50 of you listening. Loss aversion bias. Uh, people uh, rate pain about two times greater than gain when it comes to uh, finances, when it comes to prop bets. It's a loss of version, basically. Uh, overconfidence bias. Um, let's see. There's prediction overconfidence and certainty overconfidence. Both types have cognitive and emotional aspects. Both types demonstrate faulty reasoning combined with gut feeling and such emotional elements as hope. So yeah, one of the underlying themes I've been talking about is that you are a monkey and your brain is designed to make you think you're not a monkey because that's not fun. You don't want to realize you're a monkey. That's, that's no good. That's depressing. So instead, your brain is chocked full of chemicals and biases to make you think you're something more important than you actually are. Self-attribution bias uh, okay, it's both self-enhancing and self-protecting, but self-attribution bias is whenever there's a success, you're responsible, and whenever there's a failure, it's somebody else's fault. After the Cuban Missile Crisis, JFK once said, victory has a thousand fathers, and failure is an orphan. And if you don't know about the Cuban Missile Crisis, that was, that was back in the 60s, and uh, basically the U.S. Um, tried to invade Cuba, and it was a it was it was planned under Eisenhower, and so it was already all in place, ready to go. And JFK came in, and they the military and CIA convinced him it was a good idea, and so we signed off on it. And when so we sent these Cuban uh, internationals just to the beaches of Cuba, and the idea was that the, they thought, okay, well, things are going to go to shit, but then the president's going to be forced to lend the U.S. Air Force there, so these guys don't all die. And JFK has refused to send the U.S. Air Force. So all those guys just got captured on the beaches. And uh, we later had to buy them back with, like, bulldozers and stuff. But, yeah, that was called the uh, – the, the, did I say the Cuban Missile Crisis? No, if you're <laughs> – that's probably very confusing, this whole story. Like, I think he's talking about the Bay of Pigs. That was the Bay of Pigs. They both involved Cuba. Pardon me. There was no invasion with the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was the Bay of Pigs. So, okay, this has been a, a drunk history lesson by Dan Hansen without the alcohol. Uh, self-control bias. Uh, so like a fat person, they know in the long term they're going to die of heart disease, but in the short term, they just don't give a fuck. And that's just the self-control bias. So in the, um, in the long term, you know it makes sense to save for retirement, but in the short term, you just don't give a fuck. Status quo bias, uh, people are more likely to just go with the default. So when you sign up for something, they're going to have like, hey, do you want to receive spam? And that box will be checked. Because they know most people are just going to leave it checked. That's the status quo bias. And uh, maybe not most people, but more people will leave it checked if they 
if that's the default. Because it takes effort to like read and understand and uncheck things. Uh, the endowment bias, basically if grandma leaves you 20 stocks at GM, 20 shares at GM, you don't want to sell it. You don't want to piss all over grandma's memory. You don't want to say, hey, I know more than grandma. So you just keep it. That's the endowment bias. Uh, regret aversion. Uh, no one ever went broke buying IBM. No, 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 no one ever went broke. No one ever got fired, rather, buying IBM. That was the old Wall Street adage. And lo and behold, I'm at the end of the part of the chapter I give a damn about. How are we doing on time? Eh, our longest episode ever. But also... Our best, eh, framing doesn't work in reverse. You already knew what it was. You already formed your own opinion. That's why you got a frame at the beginning. So hopefully uh, you got something from this. And if you did, tell a friend. And if you didn't, tell an enemy. All right. Thank you. Good night.